listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And hello, America. Welcome to another edition of Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism, only on America's Web Radio.com. David, I don't give traffic tips too often, but let me tell you something, folks. If there is a wreck on the other side of the expressway and there's a huge median or wall blocking the wreck, then the people on the other side of the highway don't need to look over there. All you are doing is wasting time and costing lives. I bring this up because um, one of these, uh, this 400-285 interchange is a disaster zone. There are wrecks there all the time. And I had, I had the privilege of driving by one today. I do hope nobody was seriously hurt. There was uh, a legions of uh, cars and, uh, and, and um, first responders out there. So um, I'll have to read up on it later. But when you're on the other side of the highway and it's not directly impacting you, just, just keep on going, folks. We don't need those rubberneckers, especially when you can't see anything in the first place. Okay? That's my little PSA. I have a couple more PSAs for you, though. First one. Hillary Clinton should not be the next president of the United States of America. Can I get an amen? Amen. See, that was our peanut gallery here. Actually, that was me just undertoning and underpinning the amen that Hillary Clinton should not be the next president of the United States. She is uh, clearly a corrupt person. She is clearly, doesn't have the temperament, clearly willing to sell access for funds, direct or indirect funds that will help her out. And can you imagine her appointing all these Supreme Court justices that will permanently change the direction of this country. Now everybody's screaming about the SCOTUS and saying, "Well, we've got to put Trump in there." But let's let's look at it and say, "Well, let's look at a Hillary Clinton Supreme Court. She'll take away the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment's barely hanging on. There's been two five to four decisions, and that was with Justice Scalia in charge, that basically guaranteed the individual right to be able to own a handgun." So, and that was a five to four decision, basically. It was a Chicago, I think it was Heller in Chicago or Heller in DC. Anyway, I'm not a, I'm not an attorney, so we'll let my attorney friends back me up more on that. But both of these recent decisions have been five to four, and that's with Scalia as one of the justices. He's not there anymore, obviously. We have no idea who's going to be next, but uh, Obama's appointed somebody that's a gun grabber. May or may not get a hearing. I guess we'll have to find out after November 8th to see who, uh, who our next president-elect is, as I said, uh, my PSA for today. It should absolutely not be Hillary Rodham Clinton. As corrupt as you get, my friends. As corrupt as you get. I'm excited about a new movie coming out. It's called Bridget Jones Finds Hillary Clinton's Diary. It's sure to be full of corruption, scandal, and intrigue. Supposedly, she's had a really bad week. And I think it's manifesting in the polls. Donald Trump went down to visit the uh, uh, the flooded areas in Louisiana. Your president couldn't be troubled to do so, nor could Hillary. Hillary's actually been seen out in summer weather wearing wool coats, apparently hiding something. Um, again, we've got to be really careful. If she really is sick, then we wish her to be better. But we would also ask her to drop out of the presidential race as somebody that is mentally ill and not capable and fit for duty should not be in charge of the largest nuclear arsenal in the world. She already has questionable judgment. 
Huma Abedin or Allah Akbaradin, her trusted aide, has all sorts of scandalous ties to jihadists and Muslim Brotherhood folks. She's denied them, of course, but they're there. They can deny all they want, but it doesn't mean they're not there. Guess who's going to Louisiana, David? Leading from behind, President Obama has decided. He's there. He, oh, he's there already? Cool. It must be cool to have Air Force One just be able to hop in that bad boy anytime you want. I guess he realized that uh, his poll numbers don't matter too much, but it just feeds the narrative that uh, he doesn't really care and only does things when it's convenient for him. The no vacation left behind has been a steady and consistent theme during his seven-plus years in office. So are you worried about the polls at all, folks? Or are they just for strippers and people like me to talk about, pontificate, and speculate upon? Well, in Georgia, we've got a pretty close race on paper. And in Georgia, unlike the statewide races, you only need to win a plurality to win Georgia's electoral votes. The Democrats have pledged a lot of money to support Miss Clinton here. And I actually, I have ha- heard some negative numbers, especially in metro area, that um, uh, Hillary Clinton is polling well above 50% in areas that are normally Republican-leaning. So that's a problem. Um, you know, what's what's causing that? Is it Donald, Trump, Donald Trump's unlikability? Um the lack of a, a, a completely 100% organized campaign stuff, which I will say is ramping up here in Georgia. I get uh, daily notifications of, of materials being dropped off to county GOP headquarters and uh, new staff members, and they, they are ramping up. They are behind them. Hillary Clinton supposedly has reserved another $80 million in airtime, which uh, if you watched any of the Olympics, which I did, you'll know that she was all over the Olympics, Right. You didn't. Oh, you didn't watch it. You don't. Okay, that's right. You you didn't want to watch the Rio Olympics, which is which is fine. I enjoyed them. They were good. America kicked butt again, as usual. Um, I guess we had 121 medals or something like that. That's a lot. Did you know that the gold medal is actually only worth about six hundred dollars? The U.S. will tax you a lot more for it because I believe you win a ten thousand uh, dollar cash prize for them as well. So Michael Phelps and some of these other Simone Biles, some of these other folks, they're going home. They're going home to a pretty hefty tax burden. But the actual metal itself is only worth about six hundred dollars of gold because it's not made of real gold. It's it's kind of painted on there. The bronze metal, bronze is not that uh, precious of a metal anymore. It's essentially worthless. I don't know if you know that or not, but uh, anyway, the uh, the were you keeping up with the Ryan Lochte, the swimmers that were got in trouble? Some interesting things coming out about that, right? So we've got two sides of the story. Ryan Lochte went on, had a Mia Culpa uh, interview with, with Matt Lauer on uh, NBC. Still waiting for Matt Lauer to get down and dirty with Hillary Clinton. Sure would be nice to have some investigative journalism follow the, the email trail. But I'm not going to hold my breath on that. So now we're getting more and more. I guess you can't trust drunk U.S. swimmers or police in Brazil. Because neither of them can get their story straight. So I, I've been having a little bit of fun with the Lion Ryan stuff, but uh, I think we're just going to move on from that. Guy's already lost all his endorsements. And, you know, when Matt Lauer makes you cry, <laughs> that's really hitting bottom, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, 
it's not like you're up there with you know Judge Judy or something like that. I mean, Matt Lauer makes you cry. How do you go home and face America after that? Oh man, I don't know. We got a cool show today. We got our friend Christy Riggins, ZPolitics dot com, calling in. Haven't talked too much about statewide stuff, but yesterday some news came out that uh, our Attorney General Sam Owens may, and this is a may, be named um, president of Kennesaw State University. And from what I was reading, that that move in theory could happen before the elections, which means the governor would appoint another attorney general. David. So this would start the 2018 state election cycle really early. And uh, so it's, it's already going to be an early beginning for it. But um, with uh, with Governor Deal already term limited. But this one will definitely be the first domino to go if it happens. I mean, any it was a rumor. It was put on Twitter. Everything on Twitter is true. I'm kidding. Um so another thing that I saw yesterday that was of note, of interest, was Jim Galloway from the AJC was posting and reposting some stuff from some liberal rags uh, where they basically tracked the social media history of Donald Trump staffers going back years. And obviously they're trying to connect the dots that look at these staffers and their evil social media posts. They must also be evil because they are working for evil Mr. Trump. So I, uh, you know, I, I would I can do some mental gymnastics and dot connecting with Hillary Clinton. Her top aide is Huma Abedin, who's married to Anthony Weiner, who sends out Weiner tweets of his himself. So I'm sure there's got to be some uh, scurrilous activity there. Maybe we should get the mainstream media to investigate that side of the story, too. And then everybody can look at everybody's social media postings and be really, really judgmental. What do you think about that? You ever feel guilty when you throw away an empty bottle of ibuprofen? Me and the wife, we buy 1,000-count pill bottles. And, I, you know, I always feel a little guilty when I'm, oh, two left. <laughs> For a guy like me, I usually take three at a time. Uh, I only uh, had to take two this morning. I was sore from a workout, okay? It wasn't a hangover. Um, but I always feel a little guilty and then a little little bit little bit of pride because I have to go buy a new one. I always buy the 1,000 count. And it usually happens at the beginning of football season and at the end of football season. So I'm detecting a little bit of a pattern there. A lot of folks have been complaining about all the negativity on social media, and we certainly do have um, we have a lot of the never Trump people that are Republicans that are quite unhappy with Donald Trump as the nominee and his campaign. We get it. I I I understood Donald Trump was not everybody's first choice. Unfortunately for the never Trumpers, he was enough people's first choice that he won the primary fairly handily. So a question that I'm going to kind of bring up with uh, with our guest at the 2.30 mark or the, the halfway mark with Todd Ream from GeorgiaPundit.com is are the never Trump Republicans doing the work of Democrats by suppressing Republican turnout? Um, I've heard a couple of polls, as I uh, mentioned earlier, that are quite disturbing in Georgia, some metro Atlanta areas where Hillary Clinton is polling 60 percent 
in the in a district that was fifty five to fifty eight percent Republican just two years ago or four years ago when uh, Romney was running. So clearly there's something going on. Not everybody flip parties, but there is some kind of, you know, and who knows if these polls will actually turn out to be accurate. Maybe people are still uh, playing um, coy about who they're going to vote for. But if somehow these districts actually did flip from being 10-point Republican margins to 20-point Clinton margins... That could have a huge impact on the down-ballot races, state house, state senate races. So the question we're going we're gonna to ask and explore is, is all the negativity about Donald Trump, not just from the Democrats, but from the Republican side, is that also hurting our down-ballot races, uh, especially in Georgia where we have a lot of competitive state house and state senate races that are also going to be on the ballot? Are, are we, A, making people perhaps vote Democrat the whole way down, or B, which I think is more likely, having Republicans not even bother to show up, which means Democrats will naturally win in a wave election? And here's the thing. I don't, I don't, if Hillary Clinton wins, I don't think that it's this bear hug of far left liberal policies. I think it's more the, uh, uh, repudiation of some of what Trump has said. The problem, though, is if it turns into a wave election for the Democrats and they somehow are able to win the Senate and the House of Representatives, they're going to look at it again as some mandate for socialism that Barack Obama and company completely misread in 2008, but they gave us Dodd-Frank and Obamacare, which is imploding as we speak. Anyway, we'll be back in a couple minutes on Greg's List. Thanks for listening. Christy Riggins will be joining us from ZE Politics. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. 
Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And hello, America. Welcome once again to another edition of Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism, only on America's Web Radio.com. Coming at you a scant th- less than three months away from uh, the most important election of your life. That's what they say every election, don't they? Uh, joining us again, our friend Christy Riggins, ZPolitics.com editor. Christy, how have you been? How is the uh, summer treating you? And how is the election season going for you? Hey, I'm great. I'm great. Um Good all around. Just I asked you a bunch of questions there. <laughs> watching the fun. Yeah. So, so when you say fun, can you illuminate us a little bit on the uh, the fun, if you will? <laughs> the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> the Olympics was the fun part, right? Yeah, that the was Olympics fun. was the fun part. That was the, fun. The other part is the election, but that's not what I was referring to. Yeah, yeah. So the election's been uh, <laughs> it's been interesting. I uh, I've been following um, your uh, your website and your your morning newsletter, and uh, the, so the news was broke yesterday. It's probably a whisper campaign, but the uh, you know the domino is starting to fall in Georgia for the 2018 election. If Sam Olin's the current Attorney General um, is named President of Kennesaw, then I guess that move was supposed to happen fairly quick, right? So that would mean the governor would appoint another AG? Is that how that works And with your understanding? With my understanding, that whole situation is is still very new. So yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see how that's going to play out. Yeah, it's like the rumor mill, but a lot of times when there are really serious rumors like this, I mean, there is there is something to it, and people float in the journalism world what they call a trial balloon to see what the... Uh, the reaction is so. Um, I found. I, I think that we might be witnessing a trial balloon. Would you <laughs> concur? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I mean, uh, Sam Olins hasn't really spoken out, and and you know, I mean, he's he's not pushing back on anything, um, as far <laughs> as I've seen. He hasn't um, said that's outlandish, preposterous. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, when I mean when when politicians get. I mean, really anybody catch a glimpse of a of a rumor mm-hmm. that they believe would work against their interests mm-hmm. uh, they're gonna squash it pretty quickly right um, I think that probably there's some credence to this but that's just my yeah, well, it, that, well, it'll be interesting to watch because again, Georgia's going to be. Um, it, it's looked at being somewhat of a battleground state, uh, Republican versus Democrat, but it sure as hell is going to be a battleground Republican versus Republican in a couple years when the uh, governor's mansion goes up um, for grabs, uh, especially you know in a Republican primary when we have four or five very viable candidates going, and it's just fun to speculate, right? I mean, that's kind of the, the the why people tune in right they want to hear what people's opinions are people's analysis and and their speculation so um anyway i'm not going to speculate too much more on that but uh thought that was interesting and it certainly would get an early domino to fall in um in that and certainly there would be some scrambling around behind the scenes right i think i think right now the the people who seem to be rising to the top of the, the 2018 list are you know definitely tom price um, Tom Price lately has been making a, a very aggressive effort towards um, really p- 
putting his name out there statewide. Um, I don't know if you've seen, you know, it's like the Facebook ads that he's been doing. Yes. That, um, he's, he's targeting outside of his district, which I think is interesting. Um, you know, I mean, he's he's just been a little bit more out in public lately. His statements have been slightly more politicized, you know, like anti-Obamacare, a lot more red meat stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was the, the same kind of, Revelation that it looked like the you know kind of Tom dot com had been grabbed up before. So um, <laughs> it looks like he's probably a good contender. Lynn <laughs> Westmoreland has been you know as open and candid as ever about yep. considering a run for governor. Uh, Sam Olins is actually one of those names that has kind of fallen over to the side for a couple yeah. of years for speculation that you know he's certainly going to go after it. Right. Um, for the past several months, it looks like he is not aligning himself, and he's really not taking the steps to start posturing himself for a run for the, the governor's right. office. Well, we've got uh, Brian Kemp, Secretary of State, always a popular uh, rumor, right. as well as Lieutenant Governor Casey Cagle, who also has been um, posting a lot of things that have... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, so his... Uh, and, and that is kind of interesting, right? Those are little breadcrumbs, I guess, that we could follow. I uh, It's funny you mentioned Tom Price. I, I, I don't mind promoting a great candidate for State House, Lane Flynn, uh, Dr. Price, and several other folks. Folks are going to be joining Lane Flynn on uh, Monday, August 29th at the Downwind Cafe near PDK Airport. And uh, we're happy to have Commissioner Nancy Jester and Brian Kemp and David Clark, a bunch of folks that are going to be out there to support, as well as uh, Tom Price giving keynote remarks. Tom Price is a 6th District uh, Congressional um, Representative right now, representing part of the North DeKalb, Cobb, and North Fulton areas. So uh, that'll be fun for him to uh, to be out at that. Maybe I can pull him aside and ask him some <laughs> <laughs> poignant questions, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he'll come out and tell you. Yeah, I was about to say. So, I mean, I guess the governor's race, once this thing happens, if let's say, you know, the we, Sam Owens is one of the, 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 the chess boards. Okay, we can remove him from the consideration, you know, if he takes the thing at Kennesaw. If that, if that all happens. This right. is a big if. This is speculation. Right. But that's what's so fun. So, is this going to make the other ones really start doing the explore, 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 exploration, exploratory committees? Sorry, I knew I can say it. Uh, uh, and be setting up their committees and, uh, you know, starting to run for office even before this next session, because obviously Brian Kemp, Casey Cagle, um, were, are pretty involved in the day-to-day activities of the right. state of Georgia. Um, so I don't know. Is, 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 do we start seeing some movement there? Um, I think that probably what you're going to start seeing is a lot of the can- but like the candidates who are probably more seriously looking at a run for governor um, all of a sudden become Sam Olin's biggest fan <laughs> <laughs> and and really trying to gun for an endorsement from him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that might be another thing to watch is is how do some of these candidates respond to that? Um, you know, how much praise is he? Ah. How many people post, uh, you know, thank you, Sam Olin. You've <laughs> always been the best attorney general in my heart. You like know, if they take out a full-page post. ad in zpolitics.com. Exactly. <laughs> heartfelt, like, um, Herzlichen Glückwünschen, which I speak German. That was a mistake I made learning in college. Uh, Herzlichen Glückwünschen. It's a very tacky way to say happy birthday in Germany. Uh, it means heartfelt luck wishes and um yes and that, I, <laughs> no i know but that's that's what it means and so that's <laughs> if we see some some georgia uh politic politicos saying heartfelt luck wishes for you in your new role <laughs> exactly. i think we could yeah you think we can go ahead and uh, pull the <laughs> 
pull the pull the uh, ring for them, huh? <laughs> yeah, start start creating the shortlist. Oh man! Well, and then obviously uh, that would open up lieutenant governor, so lots of people would be jumping in. That I have no. I mean, you know, David Schaefer's been mentioned for that. Um, I think he even set up a committee a couple of years ago, so he, I'm sure he would be taking a look at that as well as, uh, I have no idea. So that, I mean, once you go down a couple of uh, notches on the statewide races, then obviously if uh, Brian Kemp runs for something, Secretary of State would open it. So there's just a lot of constitutional offices that uh, that would open up. And this poses a, a little bit of a threat um, to the Republican Party as they've enjoyed, you know, running the table on the constitutional offices. The Democrats and I and I've pointed this out many times are are building a nice little farm team if you will that uh, some of them will probably be very capable uh, statewide um, you know office candidates uh, Scott Holcomb could be attorney general candidate uh, you know Stacy Evans who has enough money to fund herself and everybody else for the rest of her life will be some kind of you know state superintendent can I mean I, who knows but they they have a lot of younger folks that now they're not really young as far as holding office though i don't know exactly how old scott holcomb is or stacy i think they're both maybe early 40s i I don't know but i don't i never want an aging woman so i apologize stacy if i (laughs) if i over over guessed on yours but anyway old enough that they would have credibility uh in a statewide race and let's not forget jason carter who i'm sure is itching to get the carter family back into politics so they've got a lot of folks that um are probably looking at 2018 as a real shot uh, to, to at least pick off one of these constitutional offices. What do you think about that? Well, I, I mean, I think that's definitely a possibility. You know, one of one of the things that's happening while you know Republicans right now are we're having to kind of focus on our own internal battles. Um, you know, the the Trump or not to Trump. Um, and all the meanwhile, you have, um, you know, like Stacey Abrams, who's leading a very, very, very aggressive charge to register um, minority voters while you're seeing some demographic shift that you know, people have been acknowledging for years. And so that alone could be a big threat to the Republican Party that that they are really working hard to shift this state. You know, whether it's silly or not right now because we hold all of these constitutional offices and we hold the majority, um, you know, I mean, they're working their tails off. And so if you work off for hard enough for long enough, it's going to start paying off and showing some rewards. And and it's also being funded. Um, And so I, I think... That, um, that, like you said, there's a talent factor there. They have some, you know, some young um, representatives who have started to make a mark on themselves. Yep. I mean, you even have some other some other folks outside of that fray. Um, you know, Ted Terry, the, the mayor of Clarkson, uh-huh. who's really starting to rise up as kind of this liberal progressive icon within the state. I mean, he is like every liberal progressive type idea <laughs> that you can think of. I mean, like, he, oh, yeah. He, Take the ball and run with it. Yeah, he's like he's like Bernie Sanders, the mayor, right? But uh, I guess I guess the thing with him, though, I don't see him as much of a threat, just because this, you know, when Jason Carter ran for governor, he was not running, you know, far left Bernie Sanders progressivism. So I, 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 yeah, I hear you. Ted Terry is right, and actually, he's not completely unlikable guy. So, uh, but his politics, I think, are just you know trying to grab guns. I mean, Jason Carter basically, I think he was endorsed by the NRA too. So I was. (laughs) 
one of those things yeah. where you know I- anybody we get on the Democrat side, uh, Kasim Reed's obviously very friendly to the business community. So those the, yeah. those types of Democrats, I think, are far more uh, like are uh, likely to ascend to a statewide office, I think, anyway. But that I, that is an interesting yeah. – um, I mean, and that could be somebody well, that would run for a county commissioner or, or start rising on that side of the party. You're absolutely right. Well, and, and what's happening with, with him right now is that he's starting to rise kind of within the internal Democrat political spectrum. So so maybe not – so, yeah, maybe not statewide office. Yeah. Um, but it's you know it's important for for the you know parties to have kind of their torchbearers. Right. Right now, that's what he is, and he's somebody that energizes the Democrat base. Oh yeah, and um, I mean yeah, and he's you know, like I said, he's not completely unlikable. So is that is that yeah. saying something nice about somebody? I don't know, but I just did. So uh, <laughs> anyway, most of the people on the state level really aren't. I mean, that's the thing is that at the end of the day, they actually have to get along. We can't print money like the feds do, and uh, I think the Democrats do care about improving our state. They just have have a really crappy way of going about it. Uh, anyway, Christy Riggins, ZPolitics.com. Thank you for joining us. I did want to mention uh, Dr. Ben Carson, former presidential candidate, and uh, still I think would be a great Surgeon General. Uh, Dr. Ben Carson will be on the Doctor's Lounge this Thursday, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Everybody can spread the word on that. And uh, Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Please tune in. We'll see you in a minute. This is Doug Dahlgren of The Prologue. America's Web Radio offers a wide variety of programming that will keep you interested and entertained throughout your week. There are shows about medicine and your health, energy issues, antique cars, our constitution, vegetables and gardening, politics and opinion, business issues, and legal matters, like drones and how they can affect your life. On Fridays at 11 a.m., you can listen to my show, The Prologue, with a new author and a book I just know you'll want to read. The good news is if you miss a show, they're all archived and available in podcast form when you're ready to listen as often as you like. So stay tuned, won't you, to America's Web Radio and add to the enjoyment of your day. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web This is Dr. George from Peachtree ENT Center. We've won patient care awards and have the highest patient recommendations because we believe in practicing medicine the old-fashioned way. Practicing good medicine is based in listening to the patient and making a care plan that is individual. The best medical care is given when there is a strong doctor-patient relationship built on mutual trust and respect. At Peachtree ENT Center, we believe in taking care of the whole patient because healing is more than writing a prescription. Whether you have problems hearing, have frequent throat or sinus infections, from the time you call our office and speak to a real person, you'll be treated as an individual and not as an ailment. During your visit, you will not be rushed and all your questions will be answered. When possible, natural treatments will be recommended to fix the problem. If surgery is recommended, cost-effective, minimally invasive treatment for snoring, sleep apnea, or sinus problems will be offered because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
And welcome back to Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism, only on America's Web Radio.com. Just finished up uh, talking a little speculation and uh, scuttlebutt, if you will. You can That's a real world word. You can look it up with uh, Christy Riggins from ZPolitics.com. Uh, going to talk to Todd Ream now, GeorgiaPundit.com. We're going to all the dot-coms. I'm going to do dot-orgs next week, but this week is dot-coms from GeorgiaPundit.com. Uh, Todd, you had a very interesting um, write-up, I guess it was last week, in uh, your morning newsletter, which you can subscribe to at GeorgiaPundit.com. But it was about the... Um, why uh, Saxby Chambliss was in a runoff a few years ago for uh, U.S. Senate here, and the habit of of people, Republicans and Democrats, that when they go in to vote, especially during presidential years, all they do is they vote for the president, and then they just leave. And I believe the term, is this called voter bleed or down-ballot bleed or something like that? That's the uh, political science term for it. I don't know if we have Todd here with us or not. I was talking to myself there. <laughs> Sorry, I hit the. I've got these big ears that hit the mute button. Um, yeah, it's called voter bleed, voter dropout, voter fatigue, um, and it's it's most pronounced in presidential election years, where you can have just moved from North Dakota two weeks ago, and you still have been paying attention to the same presidential race. Um, and even if you try to avoid politics, you'll know there's at least a presidential race, whereas you might not be following your local elections. And so there is a phenomenon. I've, I've been talking about this since 2012 mm-hmm. um, when I first started looking back at 08. And 08 is really the, the year that may or may not set a model for the Senate race this year in terms of voter drop-off. And uh, and the possibility of a runoff election. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, basically, and you know, your numbers were it was a, a massive drop. So basically, here here's how it works, folks. And Todd, you'll you're the expert on it. But basically, let's say there's two hundred and fifty thousand votes cast for the Republican presidential nominee. You go down two or three races, and and when you know Todd called it voter fatigue. Apparently, people get so tired of pressing that one top button that their fingers just uh, go apoplectic, and they're unable to finish the rest of the ballot. Because U.S. Senate would pretty much, I, I believe, that would be the second one to choose from. So you would have president, and then so many people just cast their ballot then, and they don't vote for any of the other races. Now, in a presidential race, there's going to be referendum questions. There's going to be dog catcher on the ballot. Lots of races, but U.S. Senate is pretty high profile, and there was 160,000 less votes, I believe, for Johnny Isaacson back in 2008, and the Democrats had like 84,000 less votes for Jim Martin just because people stopped after voting for Obama or uh, John McCain. Is is that a pretty good summary of it? Yeah, it was was actually 180,000 that that voted for John McCain and not for Saxby Chambliss, and that's almost 10%. You, you know, Saxby Chambliss lost almost 10% of John McCain voters. That's incredible. And then <laughs> the further you go down, the next race that year was a public service race, and Republicans continued to drop off the ballot at a faster rate than Democrats, mm. so that Bubba McDonald didn't just end up in a runoff. He was in second place going into a runoff. And that's contrary to what a lot of people think about Republicans. A lot of Republicans like to think that we're smarter, better educated, and better looking. Um, <laughs> Definitely better looking. 
and and more likely to pay attention to those non-marquee races. Mm -hmm. But historically, if you look at what the Democratic Party has done, they have for many, many years uh, done a great job of getting the message to their voters to vote the entire ballot. Right. Um, And there are... You know, you can you can look for examples of this and find it pretty quickly. Of you know, the Obama campaign being directly linked to lower level Democratic campaigns in 2008 and 2012, and that's just not part of our political culture as Republicans to to talk about the importance of of finishing the drill and. and clicking every Republican box you find on your general yeah. election ballot. Now, in 2014, uh, we had Governor Deal and uh, David Perdue on the Republican side. Did we notice the same phenomenon, um, or was it m- more muted? It, it wasn't quite as pronounced, but Republicans still didn't do as good a job of, of completing their ballots in 2014. Um, I happened to have a race in 2012 um, which was on that presidential year, and, and we were the second, the second number down. Um, and we spent the last six weeks of the election speaking almost exclusively to Republicans to ensure that once they're in the ballot box, um, that they click that just go down to the next line, click click the the R, and then you can go home. In two thousand. <laughs> it was a little bit different. You didn't have quite a dramatic, quite as much a dramatic in uh, difference in the high profile going from president to a lower level office. In 2014, you had a Senate seat and a gubernatorial seat. Mm-hmm. And it would not have been crazy to think that Governor Deal might have uh, pulled more ballots than, than the Republican running for Senate. Um in in that kind of year so it's to me what i like to look at is the last election that's like this one which for me in this case means a presidential election at the top of the ticket and then something else that that is lower lower profile right well you know obviously you know the u.s senate um in the non-presidential year, that's kind of, well, that and governor, those, I think those really rival a presidential year. Now, I know, I know it doesn't come vote for vote via turnout, but uh, as far yeah. on the state level, we've certainly <laughs> almost put as much emphasis on that. And that's kind of leads me to the next point is, uh, you know, I'm not one of these poll deniers. In fact, the polls this year, uh, I, I think, have been pretty accurate, especially on the Republican primary side of things. And they're showing um, a very tight race in Georgia and several other consistently Republican states, uh, a tight race between Clinton and Trump. And there doesn't seem to be a real sign of abatement on that. And my question is... Uh, how, how does this impact some of these down ballot races? If we're not going to even necessarily be able to get the enthusiasm out for uh, the top of the ticket, isn't that really going to have a debilitating effect on the rest of it? Well, you know, what I would say to that is that in Georgia, the powers that be have done a good job of insulating state politics from national politics and this is something that goes back to the 1950s when eisenhower started carrying uh, southern states as a republican uh at the presidential level democrats saw that 
this might be a long-term threat. And so that's why you have this um, pattern of southern states having gubernatorial elections in non-presidential election years. That's the reason the Georgia governor is on a different four-year cycle than the president. They basically they didn't want it to be impacted by, they didn't want a wave at the pre, at the federal level to impact them on the state level. That, that actually makes sense. That, that's exactly what happened, and um, if you look at the down-ballot race, uh, the Georgia Democratic Party has helped us insulate uh, the Republican Party from uh, anything that may happen at the top of the ticket by not even putting up a candidate um, in the only other statewide seat that's up this year, the Public Service Commission, when you get beyond those statewide races, you're talking about congressional seats, state legislative seats that are so lopsidedly one-party control that we really have probably zero competitive congressional districts this year. Right. Um, and maybe at least two, maybe up to four competitive state legislative districts in the House, uh, maybe one or two in the Senate. And so that combination of, of factors really insulates local politics mm-hmm. from the Trump effect or mm-hmm. back in the 80s, the, the Reagan effect. Yeah, well, but I mean, the, the competitive ones we have, you know, are pretty much the metro area um, ones. And, and They're pretty much outside my back porch. You <laughs> yeah. know, I can, yeah, I I mean, can look that's, out my back well, porch. I and, live and that's, in one of those and that, I can uh, see into the next Yeah, one. and that's the thing. Are we, I mean, I, I just heard some very disturbing, you know, polls about Hillary Clinton. You know, we're, we're taking a real close look at, you know, this metro area. DeKalb voted two to one Marco Rubio in the primary. So I just, you know, I'm, uh, you know, you, you can't help what you can't help, but it's still good to kind of educate oneself going into this. And I, I guess I'm just trying to figure out, um, you know, what what kind of effect this could have on these ones. Because obviously, like, I think, you know, only the, the lines have been drawn. 2011, the Republicans got to redraw the lines after 150 years of uh, Democrat gerrymandering. So, yes, were they drawn favorably for Republicans? <laughs> you betcha. But um, the, the other thing is it's hard to unseat incumbents as well. So that's, yeah. that's another factor here. So, yeah, we only have a handful of races. Maybe you have six, maybe, maybe up to ten. Stacey Abrams has been quoted is saying they're going to flip seven seats and uh, you know Republicans are hoping to flip at least two or three that I, that I know of <laughs> especially in North Dakota well, but um, in, so that's if, 10 right there right if you think back to 2014 by this time of the year the state party our state party the Republican party was knocking on doors every week mm-hmm. and they had their uh, you know sort of mini uh, local GAGOP headquarters set up within this, the county yeah, party headquarters. Right. I don't think we're quite that far along this year. Um, and that, that has to do with, you know, somewhat with the noncompliance of the Trump folks to run a traditional campaign. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a number of factors, but I'd say our ground effort is probably two months behind 
where we were Ouch. at this time in 2014. Well, that ain't cool. Uh, well, listen, when we, I'm going to take our break here in a second. I wanted to remind everybody, Todd, when we get back, I wanted to ask your opinion if the never-Trump uh, Republicans are actually doing the work of Democrats and maybe suppressing Republican vote. As you know, uh, some of the tactics you want to talk about, uh, the positives as your candidate, but also try to get turnout down. And this doesn't mean voter suppression is we're going to turn people away at the polls. It really means we don't want you excited about your candidate, so we don't want you to bother to vote. It's a very, the Democrats do it all the time, Republicans do. It's a very fair tactic. It has nothing to do with um, early voting or the inability to go to the polls um, from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. So please, Democrats and liberals, don't get into a tizzy when we talk about voter suppression from a political science aspect. We'll be back in a couple minutes, but I did want to remind everybody one more time, Dr. Ben Carson, great Surgeon General candidate in a uh, Donald Trump administration. Uh, he'll be in the doctor's lounge Thursday, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., two days from now. I uh, want everybody to spread the word on that. That's going to be a great interview. I'm sure um, the Unaffordable Care Act will probably come up in conversation. Anyway, we'll be back with the uh, final segment. Todd Ream, GeorgiaPundit.com. See you in a minute on Craigslist. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to Greg's This Live, the home of serious journalism, only on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're joining us now. We've got Todd Ream, GeorgiaPundit.com, political uh, consultant uh, here in Georgia, uh, talking a little bit about... Um, Voter suppression, and again, I don't mean this as in we're turning people away from the polls or having poll tests, but uh, keeping the uh, spirits down of an op- a political opponent, which uh, can be done through television advertising, mailers, and lately, social media. Um, I think we've all noticed uh, that this has been just such a negative uh, presidential year, ne- even more negative than normal, because it's very difficult for some people in the uh, respective parties 
parties to get super excited about their candidates. Um, you know, the Bernie crowd has basically decided to walk the plank, and they're they're they've been silenced for the most part, and they're they're supporting uh, the corrupt, lying, crooked Hillary. Uh, on the Republican side, though, we have not seen anything near um, a coalescing behind Donald Trump. Not one that we would need. I believe Trump had something like 75% of Republicans stating that they would vote for him, which Romney was over 90% in 2012. So that's a lot of votes out there that uh, that can be a huge problem for Republicans. And we're trying to figure out why that is. Is it the, uh, are the never Trump Republicans doing the work of the Democrats, Todd? I don't think so. I, I don't think that the never Trump uh, movement or you know cool kids table has really caught the imagination to the extent that normal folks who don't obsess over politics are really paying them any attention okay um, I, you know I, I think that if if your social media feed is filled with people whose abiding, passion is Republican politics or conservative politics, uh, then you're going to see a lot of this. If your abiding passion is eight and nine-year-old football at the local park, you're probably not encountering this. And I think you can just look back to the 2014 uh, Senate runoff to and, and remember how it felt at the time like Jack Kingston was inevitable as the winner of that runoff because... Your, your self-selected social media feed of, of your fellow right-wing zealots. Um, <laughs> your echo chamber? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, was so sure that that it was going to happen. You know, uh-huh. I don't think people in Macon, Johnny Lunchbox in Macon, who's trying to figure out how to get a bigger bass boat next year, doesn't look to Alan Peake for guidance on whom to vote for for president. Um, to the extent that there is a suppression of enthusiasm for Donald Trump, it's all you know. It's all at the field seat of Donald Trump and and the Donald Trump campaign mm-hmm. and the Donald Trump uh, media. And and likewise, to the extent that you know, if it should come to pass that we're hailed hailing uh, President Trump next year, that will likewise likewise be primarily not because of local folks with their Make America Great hat on, but things beyond our control, like the mainstream media. Um, you know, if you've got a if you've got a problem with Donald Trump, it's not because your National Review reading neighbor talked you into <laughs> having a problem with Donald Trump. It's because you have been fed a steady diet by the mainstream media of nothing but Donald Trump for the past nine months. So as there's bigger forces at play. And, you know, I do think that uh, the Trump campaign, I think they've done a, a good thing. They've hired some, I guess, better staffers, and it seems like Trump is listening to some of their advice. He's going to probably get backlash for, you know, going against some of his more uh, bellicose stances. But in, at the end of the day, you're going to need a lot more than the 13 million people that voted for you in the Republican primary to put you over the top, especially in key battleground states. On the state-by-state level, the numbers aren't nearly as bad as what uh, President, or, or, or um, I'm sorry, Hillary Clinton uh, 
um, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, and her team would lead you to believe. Um, and that, to me, is part of the Democrat uh, attempt at uh, Republican voter suppression. And that's just that's just part of the game, right? I mean, you basically demean somebody and you try to make their their supporter feel so bad, and that's why they love using the terms racist and bigot and xenophobe and all sorts of terms to make you feel bad about supporting somebody that you know certainly has their their problems and um you know there's no such thing as a perfect candidate but i i think you know if you if you really rank them a, a president trump is going to be far better for the country than a president uh a corrupt hillary so that's that's yeah, kind of my I, analysis of it I, I will say this nothing says more about the approach that donald trump is taking to his uh, campaign than the fact that he elevated a talking head to his uh, to his top campaign management slot. Are you talking about uh, Sean Hannity? No, I'm talking okay. about Kellyanne Conway. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she, you know, she has, from Breitbart. She has a prior career in polling, but I, I think she's really got much more notoriety for being on television um, than she than she ever had within the industry before that. I, I may be wrong. I may be ignorant of things outside the state of Georgia, but, uh, you know, she, she's not a John McLaughlin or a Tony Fabrizio. So do, you, um, so do you think that's a good move for Trump, or is it a sign that he's still kind of trying to find his footing two and a half, a scant two and a half months before the election day? I'll, I'll say this. It's not the move I would make, um, and whether that's good or not, I, the proof of the pudding comes on November 8th and yep. 9th. Um, I would not have made any of the moves that Trump made during the primary, and so <laughs> perhaps I'm not the best one to judge the the, the excellence of his uh, of his never before tried strategy. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and and really, Donald Trump has made a cottage industry of proving Todd Ream incorrect. Every time <laughs> I've thought I knew what would happen yeah. with the guy or what, I've been I've been wrong. So yeah. I'm not I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm right. saying that it is. It is yeah, go. It goes against. It goes against the uh, the grain or the norm, but a lot about this campaign uh, truly has. So it makes it. Um, that's kind of the fun part, though, and being able to speculate and uh, trying to to analyze stuff. Obviously, we won't know until November eighth. We'll probably have a pretty good idea heading into it. Um, the debates once again uh, are going to have a far greater impact. Um, then personally that I think they should uh, but that's just the nature of our are you not entertained society isn't it where these debates where they really can hash somebody down and destroy a, a candidacy in a matter of seconds uh, where you're going to have Donald Trump with the ability to prosecute Hillary Clinton unlike anybody else has done in the mainstream media he's going to have that opportunity he did okay during the Republican debates. He claimed victory after every one. Uh, clearly, enough voters thought that he'd won. He'd, he did okay. I, I I think he's got a great chance to turn it around, and uh, I, I really hope he does, because every day that, that, that looms forward towards a potential Hillary Clinton presidency is just... Uh, it's a scary thought for me to to think about her being in the office with her pattern of of abject cronyism and corruption and pay for play and the fact that her being in office would likely mean that there's been a democrat wave and you know we would certainly lose the senate i think the senate's going to be hard to keep anyway but um the possibility of losing the house is even is even scarier i'll i'll say three things 
One is that uh, I wish I had realized that the correct career trajectory was to get was instead of laboring away at these lower level campaigns, trying to win them and trying to move up in the world, I should have just gone on TV much earlier <laughs> in my career. Second is when we think about election day and thereafter, uh, many of us will think back to the. Um, to the Bush election with the hanging chad and the week after week of, of uncertainty of what, what the election result was. Right. The interesting thing about this year is if we get to that point, we have a Supreme Court that might end up deadlocked because we had eight members instead of nine. Um, and who knows what the safety valve is if you have an election hanging on a lawsuit and a deadlocked Supreme Court. <laughs> um, the Ooh. third thing I, I will say is that everybody I can, everybody I know who is out there doing the day-to-day work of talking to voters and trying to persuade them, um, we're all kind of in uncharted territory for with the possibility of a runoff. If we have a runoff for the United States Senate. What we could have is a nine-week runoff, not a three-week runoff, that takes in all of the uh, December and January um, holidays, takes in much of uh, professional football season, um, much of the worst weather for door knocking. And it could be that Georgia is the last state out there with the Senate balance hanging, with the Senate control hanging in the balance, um, in which case we'll, we will have no end to the super PACs trying to turn it into a proxy fight for folks in Washington. Right. Well, and that's what we call jobs created in the political world, <laughs> especially on the yeah. local. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and I mean, historically, and that was the thing, is Republicans really, and almost every runoff in recent memory, have really come out and um, and won pretty big. But uh, we do know that we do not want a nine-week runoff um, after the presidential election, especially if there's bad news on the federal level. Todd Ream, GeorgiaPundit.com. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you soon out there on the trail, I am sure. One more time, reminder, Dr. Ben Carson, presidential candidate, former presidential candidate, and prospective Surgeon General candidate. That's Greg saying that, not anybody else, right now anyway, memo to Donald Trump, or President Trump, hopefully. Um, We would like you guys to tune in Thursday, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., Dr. Ben Carson in the Doctor's Lounge, only on AmericasWebRadio.com. We'll see you next week on Greg's List. Thanks, as always, for listening. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.